Hey friends, welcome to the podcast today. Nina and I might sound a little bit different than what we normally sound like, and if there's any strange sounds that we make, like coughs and sneezes, uh, we apologize in advance. But Nina, will you just let the, the audience know a little bit about what we've been struggling with the last how many days? I think I've been, I think this is day 10 for me. Well, I think we had the flu or something, some kind of respiratory illness that just plagued our home uh, for this past 10 days and started with me and then I just crashed and burned. It's odd for you to get hit first and hit hardest. Yeah. So there we go. Um, I was a bit concerned when Nina goes down um, because normally I get sick first, but we love each other. So she shared with me. Um, (laughs) But the problem is in our family that normally maybe two, three, four people get sick, but because we have two, three, four more after that, it, it goes through waves. So the last two, three, four people are working through it right now, right? Yeah, the last three people are on the the beginning, more of the beginning part of things. They're like on day three, three two. But we're actually, Some of them are on day one. But we're actually feeling better, though. We're feeling better, yes. Just my my just energy is like just it. not quite up to par yet. Okay, well, we have a reason for telling you all of our medical history. <laughs> and uh, the reason is, is we can't do this life alone. And that's lie number five that we're going to talk about this week. The lie is, I have to do this on my own. I have to do this by myself. It's a lie of isolation. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's podcast. Hey, friends, welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina. And I am Nathan. And like I said earlier, we're talking about this lie, lie number five, that I have to do this on my own. That is a straight up lie from the enemy. And what we're going to also talk about is how God calls us to community and being surrounded by other people. Our passion is building faithful families. Thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. We think this is an important topic. A lot of times we feel isolated. When we first start talking about this topic, Nina and I want to focus on maybe how you feel isolated even within your own family. How does the enemy come in and try to go, oh, my husband or wife, my spouse doesn't understand. I'm doing this on my own. Or what if you're in a situation where you really are carrying the load in one aspect of of your life, of your relationship? The reason why this comes to mind, especially in light of us being sick, is fortunately, most of your bad days have been my better days. Most of my bad days have been your better days. So we've been able to help carry a load and share that that load with each other. What what does that mean to you when when we can work together in our relationship and not be isolated and feel like we have to do this all on our own? It's encouraging. It is really helpful when you have a household full of other family members that are also struggling or not doing well. And so It just lifts a little bit of a burden off of if you're helping me out, if I'm down, then I can take the rest I need and you pick up the pieces or vice versa. Something that I've always struggled with as the person in our relationship that tends to get sicker more often is I put that burden on you. And we even talked about that in one of our early podcasts about like, what do you do when your spouse seems sick all the time. And that happens in life. You know, people experience injuries that are life-changing, life-altering. People have diagnoses that are life-changing and life-altering. That happens in life. But in the situation we're talking about, you know, I've, I've been able to step up a little bit on the days that you were down. And, and I appreciate that. But I hope that extends outside of 
just when we're not feeling well. Right, yeah. But I'm also imagining there might be people listening that are going, well, when I'm not feeling well, or even when I am feeling well, I feel like I'm isolated and alone. How do we navigate that? Because I asked you a question earlier today. I said, do you feel like we hold traditional male and female roles? And the reason why I wanted to ask that is there's certain things in life that I do believe as your husband, as the father of your kiddos, that I need to be responsible for. And I do feel like you as my wife and the, and the mom of our kiddos, that there's certain things that you obviously are more gifted to do. So how do we balance that? We both have unique abilities, strengths, and weaknesses with the idea of we actually work together and we're not doing this alone. Us holding maybe a more traditional view, a more traditional male and female role in our family and the way we do life is that I really think that it complements one another. And I don't feel like we're trying to compete at doing one another's job or role, I guess, but that we just come in and I, I'm able to do a lot of the the home home stuff. I'm homeschooling as well. So taking care of, of the kids, their needs, their schedules. But then that allows you to do your job and hopefully focus on what God's asked you to do. I think that's important in the way that, that we have worked through the process of knowing our expectation for one another. Mm. And it's pretty clear in my mind that we have established not not that you can't do what I do and not that I can't do what you do, but there's just certain things that we we are naturally gifted at. There are certain things that we naturally lean towards within the family. And and I agree with you, it's it's complementary. We're not stepping on each other in such a way where we're at, at competition with each other. I was thinking about this earlier, the exact idea of competition. If it's going to be a game that we're playing in the house, I'm going to play to win. But when there's any problem that's a part of our relationship or a part of our marriage, you're not my enemy. I'm not trying to defeat you. I'm not trying to devastate you. I'm not trying to be victorious over you. I want to defeat that issue, that obstacle, that challenge. And my hope is that we stand victorious, that we stand together and and look back and go, we won. Not that Nathan won or that you won. But you know what? There are are times, I, I have to admit, my selfishness steps up and I want to be, I want to be right, or I want to, I want to win this one. And those are the times where I have to, in, in my male pride, step back and go, okay, is Nina really the problem or is the enemy coming in and attacking us? And, and when I think of you as the problem, that's when I feel like I'm on my own. Hmm. When the enemy grabs a stronghold in my mind and says, Nina's the issue, or that person or this person's issue, whoever, you know, insert name X, right? Right. When they're the issue, that's when I feel isolated. When I know, not just think, when I know I'm on a team, Mm. and especially with you being my like primary teammate in life, like running this race together, I I don't feel like I'm I'm doing life on my own because you're my partner, you're my helper, and I'm I'm just so grateful for that. Like in the good times and bad times. I think of our our (laughs) Our wedding vows and sickness and health. We went through a stage this week where yeah. it was just challenging. Yeah. But so so how do we how do we encourage a couple that's listening right now? How do we encourage them to get to this place where where they don't feel like they're they're constantly battling each other with the enemy can't isolate them from each other? I'm gonna steal your thunder because you're gonna say it next. <laughs> I know no. you this well. 
we need to pray about it. Was I right? Yes. Okay, but let's... <laughs> I know. <laughs> it really is so true, though. When I... when If I am frustrated or there... Or Not it, if. When you... Well... When you're frustrated when I am with frustrated me. with you or the enemy's trying to make you kind of seem like the problem, you know, I find that when I will go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to help change my heart or I, I pray for you or I pray about the situation so many times, it really does help deflate the the frustration that some might be building. Can I phrase it another way and, and just let me know if you agree? When we pray and the enemy has the blinders over our eyes that we're all alone, it's almost like there's tunnel vision and we can't see the people around us. Is it kind of like when we pray that that the Heavenly Father, our good God, starts to take those blinders off and then we can actually see the people that are in our lives? I think He, you know, He works on our hearts and, and when we allow Him to participate in that and to handle even little things little frustrations to big frustrations, then he's going to open our eyes to see that, okay, our spouse or that other person in our life is not it's not our enemy in this particular quote-unquote battle. Because there is a battle going on, but it's not, I'm not battling you. Yeah. Scripture makes that clear. It's, it's not a battle against flesh and blood, but this spiritual warfare that's taking place in our lives. When I think of, of God's description of our relationship with him, he uses marriage. Mm. And so there's this important aspect of me being your groom, you being my bride, being united with with a single mission, with shared vision, and working together, not against each other. Mm. You know, it's just amazing that that's how God chooses to show how he wants us to be with him. He wants us to be the bride. There's a call to unity, mm. not a call to isolation, not a call to frustration and, and battle with each other, but a call to unity in God, being led by God as our authority. When in doubt, and if you ask the Nances, how do you how do you like start fixing something? Ten times out of ten, we're gonna say you need to pray about it. Now, now hopefully as we're talking through our podcast, we're giving you thoughts and encouragement on how to pray. Mm. And I loved what you said, babe. You start praying about your heart, not just my fault. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that that reminder and that encouragement. One more thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking about the enemy trying to put me in isolation. When, I'm, when I feel in isolation, it probably is an indication of something broken in communication. Mm. So if I'm not communicating with you as my wife, and, and that needs to be, I'm not talking about we, I just rail on you and just vomit out everything on you. I'm talking about very intentional, controlled communication. And, and I'm not saying that I'm hiding my feelings and my hurts, but, I, but I'm being intentional about it. I think it improves my, my feeling of being connected with you when I feel like I can communicate with you. Mm. Do you agree with that? Do you think women might find that more interesting than how most men listening would right now. Because, you know, I get done with my work day and I really feel like I've used most of my words already for the day. I have to come in intentionally after work's over to, to be to be verbally present with my family. That's one of my struggles. Yeah, I definitely think that that's probably going to be high up on the list for most women is that we, we do, we want to communicate. We want to hear about uh, your day, just life in general. We want to we want to talk about it, and we want to know 
well, I do. I want to know your your thoughts and opinions. You're a, a very wise guy, and so I. You also want to know my feelings about the day too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's something that, that I've had to learn. You could say, how's your dad? Say, it's fine. But that, that doesn't feed you. We have to be in community and, and, and unified in heart when we start talking about these things we're talking about. Men, again, we struggle with it. But there's also different personalities. Some people True. lean into more information. Some people lean out of information. Some people run into confrontation. Some people run away from confrontation. So that's something that we all need to be mindful of when we think of our spouse, important people in our life. How are they going to respond to a tough conversation? Mm-hmm. Are they yeah. going to lean in? I think it takes practice and work. Uh, it, you know, I think back to some of our early marriage disagreements and um, situations we had, and we had to learn. Mm. We've had to learn how to do life together with communication and with tough conversations. Yeah. So in a word we learned when we lived overseas was contextualization. So I think I said something and it made sense to me, but did I really communicate it in a way where you can receive it, understand it, process it the best, even though we both speak English, (laughs) we generally know the same words. I need to be mindful that sometimes I communicate something and I thought that was clear the context that you receive it might not be as clear. I know there's times when sometimes some of our our disagreements come in because I'm telling you more the what, and you really want to see have the why. And sometimes I don't know how to get the why out, and I somehow it comes about through continued pressing into the situation, and then you're like, oh, that makes sense now, and I'm like, wait, what? So that's something I you know we've we've learned through. 20 plus years of marriage is some of those things as well. And just for some additional context, um, Nina and I are talking about this idea that that most people associate or connect better with one of the four of the four following questions. I'm a why person. I like to know why something's happening or why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, there are what people that focus more on what's being done. There are who people who focus more on who's involved. And I think the last one is probably how the process of, of how it's being completed. So that's that's what we're referencing when Nina talks about I'm a why guy. You are a... I have no idea what I am. I, I'm complicated. <laughs> and I love you for it. I, I would say you have a lot of emphasis on on who, meaning if we're talking about a conversation, you want to you know the people involved and what's important for those people. And probably your secondary might be what, like what's happening yeah. in the conversation. But even still, even though I know that about both of us, I still am not always able to communicate that to you. And it just keeps, it just keeps continuing to be something that we have to work on. If, if, if we come into a situation where we're not getting each other, like understanding the situation, the problem, the conflict, whatever that is, we still sometimes have to work through that. Even though I know you're a white guy, I'm not always able to get that out where it clicks in your brain. It does take time. We are not, we've not achieved, how's the best way to say this? I'm grateful that we've achieved a lot in our marriage, but I cannot be prideful of past accomplishments and expect future success from that. I have to be present today 
in anticipation of future success in our marriage and future strength. If, if we just stopped completely today, the future would be bleak right. and the future would be hopeless and there would be no future. We both have to show up, right? Right. And it's still like, you you know, use the word intentional earlier. It's it's still a very intentional thing that we have to to come to the table with for our marriage and, you know, for any relationship it has to take both of you showing up and making effort, being intentional about working together at a, at a problem. So we just finished saying we both have to be there. We have to be present. We have to be intentional. When I think about being isolated, when I think about the enemy coming and saying, you have to do this on your own, there's, there's a reason why I feel that way or there's something that, that's being triggered inside of my heart that makes me susceptible to that. Do we have any encouragement of overcoming that? And what I mean by that is, okay, yes, you got to you got to both show up, but what what happens if there's hurt? What happens if you feel isolated already and you're trying to get back to this point of getting back to maintenance mode? Not maintenance mode and giving up, but more of less survival mode and more thriving mode. What, what are our thoughts? One way that I think that's very important is being a part of a community where you are also helping each other carry each other's burdens within families or within friendships. And I'm talking about, you know, we call them core groups at our church, but a community of believers where you're doing life together, where you can share, I'm really struggling today with this, or, you know, just to have maybe someone give you some encouraging words. I think it just helps to know that we're really not alone. That's where Satan wants us to feel. He wants us to get to that place of, well, no one else will understand. No one else has gone through this or, you know, is dealing with this. No one will love me if they know what I'm really facing right now. Yeah. I mean, so there's so many lies that go into making people feel isolated and that they're they're alone in what they're experiencing. What I heard you say, and just, just help me understand or make sure that I'm, I'm clarifying properly, it's very possible that we're feeling isolation within a relationship, say a marriage relationship. So we know that the enemy's trying to put a wedge between us. Now, what you're saying is, okay, instead of the two of us isolating away from everybody, dealing with that problem on our own. Ideally, we have a body of believers, and I'm going to say a group of people from big church that participate in your life as a little church, Mm. and you're doing life with them in such a way where even though you feel isolation within that relationship, you still have a connection with people. Right. Now, we we just talked about the, the struggles of that. Okay, now you have to be open and honest with other people. And what you might just be thinking, listener, if, if you don't have this, you're like, well, I have to be open and honest with people I don't even know. Well, that's the difference between what we're talking about and what a lot of people experience. You have done life so deeply with these people that you know them. You have done life so deeply with these people that they will step in and call you on your your junk in your life. They will be an encouragement to you when no one else will be an encouragement to you. So we're not talking about sharing secrets with people you don't know or burdening people and and driving them away. We're talking about like this messy life Christ has called us to that we're really doing with each other and it gets a little messy, right? But if someone doesn't have that community already, then I would encourage them to find a community 
start building those relationships. It doesn't happen overnight for you to feel comfortable with those people, that that community that you're with is going to take work and being intentional with that community. If you go there and you do life together with within uh, the community, the body of Christ, you're, you're not going to be isolated. You're not on an island suffering in your own problems without any help or assistance. And I guarantee that every person that's in a community group is ex- has experienced something or yeah. is going through something that is either similar or they've, they've dealt with it in the past, or maybe they, they might even be working through, be it, working through it. Yeah. I'm afraid. I I don't want this to sound boastful. I want this to help set realistic expectations. How long have we been with our community group? I would say, what, is it? Oh, Noah. Okay, he's five. So five years. I was so so over five years now. We've done life consistently with a group of people. And there's been ebb and flows. There's Mm -hmm. been people that have, have left the group. There have been new people come in. But we've done life with two or three families consistently, the same two or three families for almost five years now. Mm. Now, that that's not to be boastful or bragging. That's just to say you got to be committed. Yeah. There, there's, this, there's this level of commitment that you have to have to build life well with people. Now, has it taken us five years to get to the point where we feel like we could open up about things? I don't think it took that long to open up about things. I think for some people it has. Yeah. That concept is really, I feel like, maybe more unique in the the Western church where we... I can see that. We don't see that lived out very well. But wouldn't you say as you, as you stop self-isolating yourself from the group and start leaning into the group that you actually have more capacity to share about what's happening in your life in an honest and authentic way? Yeah. And once you have that capacity to open up in an honest and authentic way, then it actually starts removing some of the isolation again. But Nina, we, we had reached a point where we needed something that we didn't have in such a way where we said we have to go after it. Yeah. Not, not that there weren't pieces in play that, that were already good, mm-hmm. but we so deeply desired something different deeper, longer, more intimate with the body of Christ, that we had to make some changes for ourselves, And I think that's the hard part for a lot of people that are facing this lie of isolation. If, if you feel like you're by yourself in your marriage and you feel like there's no one there, it almost seems like the world should come to you and help you out. But sometimes mm-hmm. you have to step out of where you're at to go seek what God has planned for you. And if that's the body of Christ, if you don't have anybody in your life that, that ministers with you and for you and towards you as the body of Christ, you got to go find it. Yeah. You got to, you got to be willing to not make it because the people are the church, but you have to be willing to, to commit to doing life with other people. It's so hard. It's, it's because we've seen generations and generations and I'm not just talking about church, but but anything in life. If you've not seen a great example of how to be or do something, and you're going, I know I need to be or do more, you're like, how do I do it without a great example? And, and mm. that's just God calling you to greater and higher and not necessarily asking you to do and be, but letting the Holy Spirit mm. live through you and and change the way you do life. We want to step in and figure out the problem on our own rather than letting the Holy Spirit really do the work in us. And so 
we really do have to let him come in and transform our minds, our hearts, to be able to take whatever step of obedience he's asking of us. Yeah. Nina, I liked where you started turning the conversation because I think this is another important and very impactful part of this isolation. So when I, as a a simple man, a member of of the human race, right, I kind of get this prideful moment of, I can do this. So I start to isolate people away from me. And sometimes, oftentimes, I even isolate God or remove him from the equation. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, I have to do this by myself because A, of my pride, B, because I'm just going to do it. I I white knuckle it. And I was thinking of a story somebody told me one time, part of like a, a parenting seminar. And he used this term white knuckling it. You know, like when you're in your mess, when you're in the deepest, darkest, worst part of your life, and you're just trying to scratch and claw and grab on so tight that your knuckles turn white. Like that's where white knuckling comes from. The enemy has us exactly where he wants us because we have removed power of the Holy Spirit from our lives. We've moved the direction of our good heavenly father. We are, we are isolated by choice because of our pride. Mm -hmm. And I've seen moments in my life where it's kind of been like that. I'm like, dude, I was really trying to do this all on my own and I just left God out of it. Yeah. I'm just trying to do this on my own and, and I forget to include you. Or I'm just trying to do this on my own and, well, let's just forget about the people that we do spiritual life with. <laughs> it's like, I, I think I'm, I'm good enough to do it by myself. And, and that's really a, a hard thing to say and it's a sad place to be. <laughs> It's it's so interesting because we're talking about a lie that Satan yeah. feeds us, right? That he wants us to believe the very lie that he wants us to believe in and do. Don't you think it really just isolates us more? Like with everything that you were saying, we push, we push our spouse, we push relationships, we push God out of the equation. Yeah. And so now we've just removed like a support network of people that are actually meant to help us along the the journey. You know, you you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you were blessed to that we get to do this journey of life together and I feel equally the same. You know, I'm blessed that I get to do this with you. I'm thankful, very very thankful for the community that we do have with other believers. Because when we are feeling down or feeling low, I know I have some people I can reach out to and say, hey, I'm just really struggling today. Can you be in prayer for me? Or whatever it is, when we allow other people to to come in and be a part of it, there's just something encouraging to me to know, okay, hey, I reached out to the person or to have a conversation with you. Hey, I'm this has been a hard day or whatever it is and allowing people into your life actually builds you up Yeah. or can, I guess it, there's times where you don't feel like it does, but if you put the right people in your, in, in your life, friendships that will encourage you in your walk with the Lord, then I I hope that you would feel encouraged by my things that they're going to say to you. I think that's a very good point. You want to put people in your life and, and I want to make it very clear. I know you're not saying you want to put perfect people in your life. Right. 
what I believe you to be saying is you want to put people in your life, no matter where they're at right now, they're pursuing Christ. Mm. And you all are looking towards the same goal, that, that Christ be glorified in all that you do. We all mess up. I'm not saying anything about not messing up. Right. But in our mess, in our sin, in our struggle, in our feelings of isolation, we're all trying to move step by step closer to Jesus for his honor and his glory. Mm. We need to be ready to serve the body before the body is ready to serve us. Mm. And so, you know, there have been times, there have been people in our life, you know, you get those prayer chains, you get those meal trains going, and, and we need to be ready to serve those people. We've seen time and time again where we've served a family. Now that family's serving us. Mm. And we know that we're not alone. We know we're not alone because we're seeing that that in times of isolation, people come and they stand side by side with us. Or when we're sick, they stand outside and then they pray for us. <laughs> but it's amazing that, that God shows through a, a human lens, through my human eyes, that I'm not isolated. Mm. That he's serving me through his people. Mm. And so I know I'm getting emotional about it. But what I hope is that there are people that know that they are loved and they're not alone. And even though they're going through hard times, God has something for you. Mm -hmm. And he wants good things for you not to be isolated from his body. Yeah. Can't agree more. Hey, Nina, we don't have much left in our voices and we're getting really tired, I can tell. And I've cried already. So (laughs) (laughs) if, if we could give just a few encouraging words for those who are listening, just to finish off the podcast, what would we want to tell somebody who feels alone, who feels isolated? Just ask God to help you first to realize that this is a lie that Satan's feeding you. God doesn't call us to be alone. He he calls us to walk with other people and bring them into his kingdom. And so we're supposed to be linking arms and walking this this race, this uh this life with others as being a part of it. And so we first have to cast out that lie and say no, that's a lie. I'm you know, it's it's hard to do though. You have to be you have to realize, oh that's what's happening, and then try to go to God with it and ask for His help in, re- in changing your, your thought process and your mind, and then allowing that community just to step in and, and be a part of life with you um, through, through whatever difficulty you're going through. One thing we didn't mention is maybe you really do need uh, maybe a professional mm. Christian counselor to help you through whatever you're going through. And that's okay too, if if that's what you really need and to help you through a situation. But I would recommend trying to find someone that's actually a, a Christian counselor to help you through through that. One thing that I'm trying to work on when I'm thinking about how do I be a part of the body, we meet on Sunday evenings, that's our pattern, right? But I want I want my my life with other people, not to be a one-time event Mm -hmm. once a week. So something I'm trying to do, and as I've watched you do this, you do it more spontaneously. But I've picked a day a week, this one afternoon every week, that I try to reach out to about three or four guys. And it's not very long. It's not very complex. But I'm basically just saying, how are you doing right now? And we have the freedom to actually answer how we're doing. 
And, and then that lets me know how to pray. That lets me know if I need to have follow-up conversations. And like I said, I, I'm not very spontaneous about it. But I've just, I'm trying to create this discipline of going, I care enough about you to reach out. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want to know. Just want to make sure people know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's not natural. It's not naturally what I want to do or what I would probably do, but it's what God is telling me, Nathan, I need you to be this for this person. I need you to be in their life in this very specific way. And and it's grown it's grown my connection with men especially. Mm. And I feel more connected and I know them better because um, just of that prompting that God gave to me several months back. Just reach out and and just ask and let people be real with you mm. and let them know you love them and let them know when things aren't going well. Yeah. So um, that's something I'd recommend. Find a couple of people, two, three, four. I can't overload yourself with 1020. <laughs> um, just find some people to, to really invest in and care about. Hey, we got to wrap up. My voice is going. <laughs> we love you guys. Um, we thank you so much for listening. You are not alone. I'm mm-hmm. going to put a email address for prayer requests in the description of the podcast. And we want you to reach out if you have any prayer requests and blessings. And we'll talk next time. All right. Thank you.